This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. album compilation edition covering soundtracks tribute albums best ofs box sets and more warning progressive metal ahead Ah, looks like the computer gremlins have been conquered. So this is Eric Reanimator back with my compilation edition episode for September 2019. This is episode 60 of the compilation edition, and this is the countdown to my final episode, which will be November of this year. And for these last three episodes, I am going to be revisiting the three bands that really spoke to me and really made me the music fan that I am today around the year 1990, 91, 92. These are three bands that I was a major fan of, three bands that I saw live, and three bands that had three, four, five really great albums at the very beginning of their careers. Starting off with a band who had its big commercial breakout in 1990. They had started in the Seattle area way back in 1980. 
were often written off as a Iron Maiden clone. What spoke to me about them was the soaring operatic vocals, the intelligent sci-fi cyberpunk imagery that covered over the fact that they were talking about talking about talking about talking about a relatively smart way. That band is Queensryche, and that's what we're listening to right now. Uh, starting off with the title track from their EP, Queen of the Reich. You can kind of hear the blueprint for where they would go. Loud, fast, virtuosic, operatic, and maybe a little bit pretentious or silly. If you want a good laugh, go and look up the video for this song and marvel at its 80s cheesiness. It's like a, not quite a canon film, but uh, one of those era of B-films that don't really know exactly what they're going for, but it's a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Anyways, let's uh, sample some of the tracks from this EP, and then I will be back with a little bit of history of the band, and then a little bit of what it is about them that I connected with. The Mob, the Queensryche, had been a cover band in the, the Seattle area starting in 1980. By 1982-ish, they had their own material and through a series of demo tapes and connections, they landed on EMI Records, eventually releasing their first album, The Warning, in, of course, I don't have the date right in front of me, I believe 84 Yes, 1984, following that up fairly quickly with the rest of the albums we will be talking about. Uh, Rage for Order in 1986, Operation Mindcrime in 1988, and in 1990, their breakthrough commercial album, Empire. Followed that with a couple more records, uh, Promised Land in 94, here in the 
here in the now Frontier 97. And then from there, they kind of fell off as original guitar player Chris DeGarmo had left the band. Um, I don't really follow much of what happened to them after that. I know that there's been a break in the band and that there's two versions and that there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that I don't even really care to explore. What matters to me is the music and the fact that they were like other bands out there, but at the same time, they were unlike other bands out there. One of the elements of metal that is often overlooked is the socio-political commentary that is underlying so much of the metal from bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, talking about society, talking about uh, issues that are going on in the world, corruption, environmental issues. Uh, There's a whole bunch of metal bands in this era that really hated one Tipper Gore. A white woman from the American South whose husband happened to be a senator who got upset about Prince talking about female sexual pleasure and got her husband to waste U.S. taxpayer dollars on congressional hearings about lyrical content of rock music. You can look that up elsewhere. Queensryche, to my knowledge, never did engage in the anti-PMRC song cycle of that era. What they were talking about was teenage alienation, corporate malfeasance, uh, institutional corruption, and the fear of technology. All of which is to say a very cyberpunk kind of worldview, and I think it's probably telling that their first full-length album is called The Warning.
So inspired by the book 1984 and various world events, this is Queensryche coming into their cyberpunk era, really. The early stuff was much more of a fantasy science fiction metal, while 1984 is definitely a science fiction novel. It's also a social commentary novel, and this is where we get things talking about uh, people becoming a, a number, not a name, and insanity, and and the, the young being turned into robots and being repressed. This is the kind of topics that bands like no- Lords of the New Church were covering. And I gotta wonder, in hindsight, if this is a warning about how the boomers were going to treat Generation X and Generation Y. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, moving along to their next album, Rage for Order. And if you think about it, these titles really do call out what it is the band is talking about. Warning, rage. We get the idea that something's not right in the world. Late-stage capitalism has become the watchword today in 2019. But at this point, capitalism seemed to be going great guns. Pardon the expression. And we were headed into a, I don't know, uh, Reagan's America and Thatcher's Britain is all I can really think of. But come 1986, Rage for Order gets released, and we start getting songs that are definitely much more William Gibson-esque.
So at this point, the band's becoming more industrial, a little more gothic, a little more glammy. Their production is getting better. Their skill as a studio band is getting better. Lyrically, they're dealing with the same kinds of topics as before. If I had to pick, I would say maybe Rage for Order might be my favorite of their albums from this era. Maybe my favorite of their albums, period. However, what would come next would be their masterwork. And I know that I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit here, but let's talk about Operation Mindcrime. So as you can hear, maybe the sound gets a little more hard rock, a little less progressive and overproduced maybe, a little more 90s sounding. And I'm sure that there was an influence from what was going on in Seattle because these guys uh, seemed to have a clue as to what was going on around them. Additionally, if you listen to those lyrics, I mean, this is 1988 that Mind Crime is getting released and i'm sorry it's almost 30 years later and what they're talking about is maybe more relevant today than it was then it's almost as if they are prophesying the uh current status of the u.s economy u.s government and u.s society but that in no way stops them from Writing songs that are emotional, that deal with the traditional musical topics of love, sex, and death.
if you followed the last 60 episodes or so that I have done of this show, a couple of other people have filled in, and thank you once again to them, you'll know that uh, you can pretty much count on it to be a snarky, cynical, but at the end of the day, potentially a romantic uh, person. So hopefully you can see why all of this music would have hit me perfectly when at the age of 18... I heard their big hit song on MTV for the first time. And this, of all things, is what hooked me. Hush now, don't you cry. Wipe away the teardrop from your eye. You're lying safe in bed. It was all about a power ballad that is Silent Lucidity from 1990's Empire. So we're at the point now where the band is a decade old and they are at the nexus of the end of pop hair metal and the coming of grunge. They are a band from Seattle that maybe has the street smarts of the grunge bands and the technical skill of the best of those hair metal bands. And then they got this vocalist who probably should have wound up going into opera about 10 years later. Um, so yes, this is where I come in the story. I remember seeing it on MTV. I remember the video being kind of spectacular. I remember this being something different than the typical power ballads that we were hearing. I mean, this really isn't a power ballad. This is just a straight up ballad with uh, kind of a little bit of um, orchestral progressive hard rock instrumentation it's maybe a little too smart to be uh, the typical power ballad I mean I had to look up what lucidity was at the time it's uh, even a fairly literate 18 year old and that's, that's something else about this band they're fairly literate they know what they're talking about there are songs on this album about the environment there's songs about the criminal justice system and then you have, you know, your your love songs. So, uh, I think that's about it for, for me and Queensryche. They're not a band that I listen to that often. I did get to see them live once. I saw them with opening band Typo Negative at the uh, Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, Michigan. And after this, they had two more albums that I liked, and then things kind of fell off from there. 
And part of that was me getting older. Part of that was me discovering other musical styles. I think in hindsight, when I listen to this, I get kind of a nostalgic buzz from a lot of these songs and a lot of these records. But I, I do think there's a quality there, and I do think they're a band that hold up. And if any of this has sounded interesting to you, any of their their output up to, say, 94 is well worth your time to check out. So thank you for listening. We will be back next month to talk about another band from uh, this era that that had a huge impact on me that was a, a band that I discovered around the same time and I know I've talked about them before so hopefully people will be able to figure that out but until next time I don't know I'm supposed to have a catchphrase here or something but uh, enjoy your music later you save the pain and the dream the main your soul set free